Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Generation Joshua, the upgrade. If I can draw your attention to the verse that I just read out of Psalm 133. I think it's a familiar verse. I'm sure I I would almost be willing to bet maybe you've heard of it, heard of the passage where it says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You know what it's like? It's like the oil that's poured on the head. It is like precious oil poured upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. Anyone familiar with scripture, anyone familiar with church, anyone familiar with this kind of service or this kind of church, whether you're in the room or watching around the world, anyone that's familiar with this, spend any time in this, is familiar with a concept, and that concept is the anointing. The anointing. Something that we say we're looking for. We're looking for the anointing. We're so in search of the anointing and the anointed. It's a part of what we're hoping and believing and trusting that we will will come into contact with. We're believing that we'll come into contact with someone anointed or something anointed or somewhere where the anointing is present. We were raised, many of us in old church, we were raised with a phrase that the anointing, ooh, that, say that again, the anointing, the anointing destroys the yoke. Now, there's things that we say in church <laughs> that we don't really dissect. They just end up being spiritual stuff. That we just kind of say, the anointing. And if you heard the Clark sisters back in the day, they had a song called, The Anointing Destroys the Yoke. And so we all sang it. If you remember, I know I'm just dating myself. But the anointing destroys the yoke without really asking ourselves, well, what's the yoke? The anointing, it destroys the yoke. And we don't ask ourselves, well, what is this yoke? that the anointing is supposed to destroy. The phrase that the anointing destroys the yoke is alluding to the fact that it takes power to set free. So anyone that is dealing with a yoke of bondage, a yoke of poverty, a yoke of sickness, a yoke of disease, a yoke of generational curse, a yoke of loss, a yoke of confusion, whatever your yoke may be, the idea is that it's going to take some anointing to destroy that. Now, To go deeper in this little treatise, the idea of the anointing, it's even what the name Christ means. In case you don't know, 
Christ is not his last name. His name is not Jesus Christ, meaning last name Christ. Hello, Mr. Christ, and this is Mr. Mrs. Christ. No, the word Christos means the anointed one. It's from a Greek word, kraomahi, and kraomahi means the one with borrowed power from on high. So what Christ means when Jesus said to his disciples, who am I? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. What he was saying is, you're the anointed one. You're the one that's oily. You're the one that has power that you couldn't have just from the earth. You are the one that when you start talking, heaven starts to respond. You are the one that God will back your word up. You are the one that when we get around you, stuff happens that can't just happen from earthly power. When I was younger in the old church, we used to sing a song that said, Strengthened by the mighty power of heaven, we shall conquer. We shall conquer till the raging foe of fire is driven. Press the battle on. The idea was that I'm not fighting in my own strength. I'm fighting with divine reinforcements from on high. This is why we praised. This is why we sang. This is why we pray. This is why we go to church. It's why we're here. It's why you lift your hands. You lift your hands to heaven to say, Lord, when I get to the end of me, I'm looking for God to help me. That idea is looking for the anointing. It's looking for this feeling, this something. And we have to be careful because the anointing can even be confused with gifting. Sometimes somebody can be so gifted that they move you on the inside. As a matter of fact, if you're like me, then you probably, although it would be blasphemous, your, your, your boomer and silent generation ancestors would call this blasphemy, but you definitely have felt the anointing on somebody that wasn't supposed to be anointed. There's no way you didn't feel a little oil on Michael Jackson. Now, you weren't supposed to feel no oil from no Michael Jackson, but you did. Because when he said, woo, you felt a little something on the inside, and you got the same kind of little thing. You ain't got to admit it's okay. But there was a little something that you felt from somebody. It is their ability to reach on the inside of their chest and hit you with something, and it go through you. And I actually believe that that gifting to move you is the anointing. It's just another form of it. But let, let's not, let's not, let's not get too deep into it. My point is, is that a part of what we think of as the anointing is somebody that makes us feel a certain way. For everybody that's paying for all these Beyonce tickets, hey, you know what? Beyonce couldn't be having a concert at a better time for me. Because if you can pay for Beyonce tickets, then I know you're about to make a pledge to Victory Park. Don't you dare spend more money on Beyonce. I don't think you're ready. Don't you dare do that and don't give to the vision. I need a witness in the building. I done seen all y'all's videos. I done see all your Instagrams. 
Beyonce coming to town. Y'all taking limos to see Beyonce. You know you better be in church. You ought to be ashamed of yourself if you're watching me streaming from around the area and you're going to be shaking your thing in that Beyonce concert. Do y'all know there's this girl named Beyonce? I know it done got real quiet in here. There's this woman in Beyonce who's named Beyonce who's anointed. See, nobody wanted to say that. Nobody wanted to admit it. But the thing of it is, is when you're in the concert, she make you feel something. If you're not careful, you will confuse the emotional feeling you get from a gift with the anointing. Because there's a part of you that is created to be in awe of something. Somebody runs fast, you in awe. Somebody dunk a ball, you in awe. Somebody make a move, you're like, oh my Lord. You are created to worship. And if you don't worship God, then you'll worship something. All of us are worshiping something. You just don't know it. You might come into a service like this and think we're crazy and look at us screaming and hollering, but I would contend that the same people that are hollering in here is very similar to the people that holler at a Duke game. Which is why I'm saying, if you are all upset about Duke Carolina, ooh, if you can be a Cameron crazy, then you ought to be able to be a crazy for Christ. Okay, let me move on. My point is, uh, you got 60,000 people in attendance at a football game in the cold. It's cold outside. They can't even really see the game. It'd be easier for them to see the game from their house. What is that when they say defense? What is that? That is praise. Why does the home field advantage matter? Because it's different when you're in your own home court. This sermon ought to be easy for me to preach because you ought to be saying something to me during this time. Don't nobody want no quiet audience. Don't nobody want no quiet group. You ought to say something. You ought to say amen. You ought to say that's right, brother. See, a black preacher talk better when you, he preached better when you talk back to him. Did you know that? This is not Abundant Life Presbyterian Church. This is World Overcomers. If you want me to say something good, you got to say something back to me. Oh, there we go. Don't make me have all the energy. What I'm saying to you is, I'm talking about the anointing. Now, we go to a service, we want to hear somebody anointed. Somebody sings, we're like, oh my God, they're anointed. Oh my Lord, that woman is anointed. That guy is anointed. Oh my, that bishop is anointed. And I got you. I feel you. Wonderful. Me too. I feel it too. I think I said this to y'all a couple of weeks. I was in a service a couple of weeks ago in Texas and... This woman, Leandria Johnson, was there. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She, as soon as she started talking, I was like, ooh, I took my clothes. I, I was already ready to take my clothes off to go to heaven with my clothes off. Just in the talking, she was anointed, let alone the singing. So 
You can leave the anointing up to the randomness of the individual gift, and that's fine because certainly God does anoint people, and everybody don't have the same level of anointing. That's why the Bible says that to not think more highly of yourself than you ought, but rather in sober judgment according to the measure of faith that God has given you. And you need to be careful coveting somebody else's anointing because you don't know the price they paid to get there. I wish I had a witness in it. Be careful coveting somebody else's gift or somebody's anointing or power or anything because you don't know the price I had to pay to be this person. You don't know what I went through. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. I need a witness. You can't tell it. Let me tell it what the Lord has done for me. But what I'm saying to you is you can depend on the individuality and the hope that you'll bump into somebody anointed or you also can realize that there are things that are anointed. And one of the things that is anointed is unity. And unity is anointed in both ways. It's why I came out and was like, everybody needs to get on their feet and praise because when everybody agrees and everybody says something together, it changes the feeling in the room. If everybody raises their hands, then everything feels different. Whereas some people raise their hand, and some people are with their arms crossed, and some people are looking in the air, and some people look like they don't want to be here. That disunity robs the service of its anointing. Because there's an anointing when you agree. Agreement makes the room feel different. It's why when you see a comedian, they shoot the thing in front of people. That guy does that show several times. You saw the one that Dave Chappelle or whatever comedian you like, you saw that one. You don't know how many times he did that show. You know what he was looking for? He wasn't looking just for his jokes to be funny. He was looking for the right kind of crowd to have the right kind of response for there to be a right kind of feeling because if he can't get the room to agree, won't nobody feel it. All right, so not only does the unity in the room make the room feel different, but also the unity has power. Unity has power. It's one of the reasons why oil is used as this idea of the anointing because uh, the oil itself is power. You can take oil and light it on fire. That's power. The oil represents presence because when you get oil on you, it's hard to get it off. And back in the day, when they anointed somebody, it wasn't no little cute cross on their forehead. No, they poured oil on the top of their head. And it ran down their beard and ran down their, their bottom. If you was about to get anointed, you didn't wear your nice stuff. Because when they poured oil on you, they wanted the presence of the oil to be stuck on you. 
The reason why oil represented the anointing was because oil is pourable. So the pourability of the oil represents the transferability of the anointing. The anointing isn't just dependent on individual gifting. The anointing is something that you're supposed to be able to have from one generation to the next. So we're not supposed to be worried if the next generation of world overcomers will have power if Pastor Andy ain't there. We're also supposed to believe that the anointing can be transferred. It can be poured from one generation to the next. That's why oil was used as an idea of the anointing. Are you still with me? Have I lost you? No, have I lost you? No, no. You with me? You with me? I'm I'm trying to make a connection. I'm going to move on. My point is, is that I find it extremely interesting that oil was used as this medium for the anointing, especially considering the fact that oil in itself had an intrinsic value. Last Sunday, we looked at Elisha and the miracle of him of provision where he says to the widow, borrow pots, not a few. She pours oil and she uses the oil to pay off her debt and to live off of that oil in the future. What that says to me is that the anointing is not just for church. The anointing is for life. The anointing is even for business because the median in the Bible, the medium, the, the thing that they use to represent the anointing of God actually had a value to it. That means that, and forgive me, I'm just trying as best I can in the apostolic calling on my life to correct a misperception. One of the mistakes we made in the church is we made it seem that the anointing is just for the stage in church. We only talked about the preachers, we only talked about the singers, and we only talked about those people as if they were anointed. It's why there's a whole lot of people in church trying to be preachers who ain't called to be preachers. Because all they saw in the church of anybody being recognized as anything great was just the folk who had a stage gift. That's the way, the only way they thought the anointing actually worked. But that ain't the case. There's also an anointing to get along with people. I wish. There's also an anointing to manage. There's an anointing to make money. I speak that over everybody. There's an anointing to spot a good deal. There's an anointing to know when to hold them and when to fold them. There's an anointing to know when to buy and when to sell. But if we act like the anointing is only for the preacher, we do a disservice to the kingdom. Because not only was the anointing used for prophets, the anointing was also used for kings. So kings were anointed. And I'm speaking a kingly, queenly, 
kingdom anointing on you, I don't want you to think that you got to be a preacher to be anointed. That is the most foolish thought in the world. If you ain't a singer, you can still be anointed. If you ain't a preacher, you can still be anointed. I need a witness in the bill. If you got to go to work tomorrow, you can be in your car and say, Lord, anoint me as I deal with these numbers. What's the point of God if he only works in church? You ought to be able to sit down and say, now, Lord, I'm about to meet with this somebody, and I need this account. I need this new client. I need this. This is going to turn my whole company around. And you, before they get in there, you might as well shut your door and blah, blah, blah. blah, 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 blah. Don't do it within there. Ain't nothing wrong with you putting a little anointing oil on the back of their seat. Ain't nothing wrong with you walking around their seat a little bit. This is where they're going to see Jesus. This is where they're going to sit. God move. Ah! Ain't nothing wrong with you doing that. And then when they come in, you're professional. How? Have a seat here. How are you doing? I'm hoping when they sit down, they're going to be like, something feel different in this room. You don't need to be like, that's the Holy Ghost. No, keep yourself chill. Inside say, oh, God, it's working. Oh, it's working. Oh, it's working. Oh, oh, it's working. I'm speaking that to somebody. Oh, it's, it's working. Oh, it's working. Oh, I'm getting ready to go look at this land. I went to look at a piece of land, 60 acres. I was looking at this land because I wanted to buy land because it's one thing they ain't making more of. I was looking at 60 acres of land, and before I met with the man, I eat a machunda and eat a mosquito and tie my tie and retie my tie. I sat, I played Fred Hammond, I was calling Jesus' name. Before I met with that man, I didn't know who he was. When he showed up, he was a white man, he was an older white man, older white man. I said, Jesus, take the wheel, speak to him. Mm, Lord, have your way, have your way. Within about 30 minutes of him being with me, he said to me, there's something different about you. I said, mm, ah, ah, ah. I said, oh, yes, there is. At the end of the conversation, he said, I don't know why I'm doing this. I speak that over this whole room right now. I don't know why I'm doing this. Can I speak that blessing over you? I don't know why I'm doing this. You know what? I want to sell you this 60 acres for $240,000. Oh, I thought somebody else was going to say amen on that one. That means I got 60 acres for $4,000 an acre. That's the kind of Holy Ghost I'm talking about. I don't need another preacher. I don't need another singer. I don't need another, I don't need another intercessor. What I need is I need some millionaires in this room. I need some multi-millionaires in this room. I need some business owners. I need some entrepreneurial spirit. I need somebody to be out of debt in this room. I need the anointing to destroy the yoke. I, I'm, I'm so sick of all the churchy talk. I don't know what to do with myself. I need the anointing to destroy the yoke. All right, I know I'm in the right place. Understand, one of the things that destroys the yoke is agreement. 
Agreement destroys the yoke. Unity destroys the yoke. Psalm 133 makes you understand that the anointing comes when folk agree. So even if you're in here and you don't really know how you feel about Jesus and you really know how you feel about the Lord and you don't really know how you feel about God and you're here for baby dedication, I'm so glad y'all came, and you don't really know, and now you're sitting here listening to this crazy light-skinned man holler, and you're like, how does this apply? Let me tell you something. What I'm about to say to you right now will apply whether you saved or unsaved. Because agreement... And unity is not a church power, it's a life power. Agreement is so anointed that heathens that agree can have more power than believers who don't. I'm going to speak that right now out in the atmosphere. I know we don't like it, but it's the truth. Agreement is anointed. Agreement has power from on high. When folk come together and agree, they end up with a power that you almost can't understand. Uh, agreement is so powerful that agreement for evil can be stronger than disagreement for good. I know we get mad at dictatorships. I got you. We live in America. We live in a land of democracy. Got you. But the reason why the dictatorship is palatable to folk is because it's easier to create agreement in a dictatorship. I know I got quiet because we're Americans. I got you. But we are the land of the free, the home of the brave, and we are one of the most divided countries in the whole world. We're powerful, but we are divided. And I don't know how powerful we're going to be this divided against one another. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. I'm all for free speech, but free speech often allows, listen, I'm not preaching against it, but the challenge of free, free speech is if everybody can say anything they want, then it can be hard for you to have agreement. And agreement is power. Now, the thing about agreement is that not only is it anointed, but agreement is dependent upon communication. Agreement is dependent upon communication. And agreement, because it's dependent upon communication, agreement is difficult to achieve. Agreement is easier said than done. It's one of the reasons why America, it's not just because of free speech, it's not just because of democracy, it's because... We have everybody here. Everybody in China is Chinese. When you look at our Olympic team, it's everybody. So the point of it is, is that 
Agreement is dependent on communication, and there are barriers to communication and barriers to agreement. And so you can be kept away from power simply because there are these barriers to your communication and thus barriers to agreement. I've mentioned something like this before, but I'm going to whittle it down really quickly. I've got 15 minutes left, and so I'm going to whittle it down really quickly for you just so you can encapsulate it and you can use it in church, you can use it in business, you can use it in anything you want to, understanding that there are barriers to communication and thus barriers to agreement. Let me give you the first one. The first barrier to a communication and ultimately uh, uh, agreement is generations, time, experience. Let's take this room. We got boomers in this room. We got Xers in this room. We got Z generation in this room. When you have three whole generations trying to communicate with each other, it's not easy to have communication and agreement from different generational views. I have a 2013 Mercedes-Benz. I've just decided I own it. I'm going to keep it. It's going to be my classic Mercedes. I'm going to have it forever. I was in it. And if you know anything about any of the cars before 2015-16, it don't got no Bluetooth. I was in that car the other day, and I was just sitting there, and I was driving, and I'm talking on the phone, and I want to listen to some music, and I just couldn't. And my phone won't connect to it. Now, what am I going to do? I was in my garage messing around. You know what I found? I found my CD case. There's a six CD changer in my Mercedes Benz. I opened up this CD case. Let me tell you what I got in here. I got Walter Hawkins, Hezekiah Walker. This is Atlantic Star. Sorry, hallelujah. All in the name of love. I got stuff in here from when I was in college. Edwin Hawkins, oh, happy day. I got CDs in here I made myself. Oh, I wish I had a witness. I got mixed CDs. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. I got all kinds of, what's my point? There are folk who are looking at us right now and saying, what is the CD you is talking about? They have no idea what a CD is. They don't remember cassette tapes. Oh, I need a witness. They don't remember 8-track Let me tell you, the 8-track tape, the whole album had to be good because you couldn't rewind it. They don't remember TVs with antennas. They don't remember. Their mama never called them in from outside to change the channel. I need a witness. Their mama never did that. My mama called me in from outside. She's sitting here. TV's there. She's watching. You know you did this. She's sitting here. TV's there. I had to change the channel with some pliers. All right. I remember when you had to heat food up in the oven. 
There was no microwave. Oh, I wish I had. There was no microwave. You had to be patient. If you older, you got a level of patience that this younger generation don't have because they want their pictures right away. You, your pictures were on a roll in a little black case in the refrigerator. Get out of here. What I'm saying is, is you got double prints. You didn't know what was on that roll. From a whole nother generation. So when we've got generational differences, you try to talk to a boomer, God bless you. I'm from the X generation. You try to talk to a millennial, oh my God, help me Jesus. Some of y'all like, what's wrong with us? We're perfect. That's exactly what's wrong with y'all. You think you perfect. You think you don't do nothing wrong. You think your poo-poo smell wonderful. And the truth of the matter is y'all are raggedy just like everybody else. What I'm saying to you is different generations, the Z, listen, the, I live with Zs. Oh, they need prayer. What I'm saying to you is, every generation is crazy. Number two, what's the second barrier to communication? You already know what it is. Gender. Talking to a woman, good luck. I'm so glad I can say this in this room where half the room is men. Gentlemen, talking to a woman, I'm praying for you. Because men and women don't talk the same. When women say, I'm tired, that means they about to fall asleep in about 10 seconds. A woman says, I'm tired, and five seconds later, she's asleep. A man can say, I'm tired, and still work a whole nother shift. Because when we say we're tired, we mean something different. When a woman says, I'm hungry, it means she's hungry for something specific. I'm hungry. I thought you said you were hungry. No, but I don't want that. I don't want that. I thought you said you were hungry. I, what are we going to eat? Let me see. What am I hungry for? When a dude says he's hungry, we'll eat dog food with eggs and onions. We don't care. If we hungry, we hungry. Talk to me. Dudes, talk. If we say we hungry, we can eat anything. I mean, I'm hungry, but not for Mexican food. When a woman says, I'm almost ready, bruh, just sit down and get ready to watch another hour. Uh, almost ready to a woman mean about an hour and a half of almost ready. When we say almost ready, we are coming downstairs. I'm almost ready. I'm almost ready. We coming down the stairs. When they say, I'm almost ready, they are coming out the shower naked, almost ready. It's two totally different kinds of combat. It's just not the same. When a woman says, my girl is cute, dude, you need to check that girl out herself. Because if she says, my girl is cute, <laughs> I know there's somebody for everybody. But if your girl, if your girl says cute, and she says, I mean, my girl's cute, I mean, she's cute to me. Don't introduce that girl to your boy because women see at a whole nother. Let me move on. When a man says, I need some money, we just say, we need some money. When a woman says, I need some money, it's some money, it's, it's money, it's money. 
You don't communicate the same. When a woman starts to tell you a problem, gentlemen, when a woman starts to tell you a problem, you need to ask in the beginning, now, do you want a solution or do you want me to just sit here and listen to you talk? Because women can go back on both sides of their brain. I'm going to leave this alone. Women can have a conversation with themselves and come to a conclusion about what they're going to do. You just have to sit in the background and just keep on being like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh, because she's like, you know, I don't even know what I'm, she starts off with, I don't know what I'm going to do, and ends up with, I know exactly what I'm going to do. She has talked to herself. You didn't add nothing to it. She'll get mad at you. I mean, I'm not talking to you for you to give me a solution. I'm talking to you for you to listen to me talk. I'll say in the beginning, do you want a solution? I mean, I don't really know. Can you just wait? When you're trying to talk, I got one more for you, and it's another barrier, especially in America. Culture. Culture. Whoo. Culture. Big. When black people say it's cold in here, it could be 76. <laughs> it's cold in here. You're like, it is? Probably you white folk in here with us watching around the world. You see what a black girl do. I, I love you, bro. I love you. So, but just understand when a, black, when a black woman says, it's all right, it ain't all right. And she says, that's cool. It ain't cool. When black people say, let's go to the beach, they mean, let's go down there and eat. They do not mean we are getting in the water. Oh, Y'all want to swim. They do not mean swim. She got a bathing suit on, but a t-shirt's over it. She might get her feet in the water. Somebody black say to you, I might need to stay with you for a few days. Just be ready. That's a year. A few days, they are moving in. When they come with their boxes, you're like, I thought you was here for a few days. City and country. I moved from the city here to the country. Communication totally different. Around the corner. When y'all say around the corner... Up the way, that's miles. Where I'm from, around the corner, is literally around the corner. Where he live? Oh, he live up the way. That's Wilmington. Wilmington is up the way to country people. It's just up the way. When country people say, go get your gun, that means they about to shoot a squirrel or a snake. Where I'm from, when somebody say, go get your gun, it is time to run. We're not the same. We're not the same. Men and women aren't the same. Country people, city people ain't the same. We're not the same. Generationally, we're not the same. We just not. There's a certain amount of way that they're going to see it. You're not going to see it. It takes God for y'all to agree. It takes time. 
It takes patience. It takes communication. And it's valuable because it's powerful. One of the challenges even in the workplace today is the way Xers and boomers see a job is very different than the way millennials and Zs see a job. For Xers and, and boomers, if you pay me enough, I don't care what I'm doing. If you pay me enough, I'm good. Well, we want you to crawl down in the earth and mop up the snuff. The mop up, and how much are you paying me? Have you paid me enough? I'm like, all right, do I get bonus? Okay. Whereas for them, they want the environment. It's got to feel good and it's just got to be fun. And I went there and they had a gym in the lobby. It's like, there's got to be all these other things. The workforce perspective is different simply generationally. How are we going to agree? The challenge is to agree. And the reason why I called this sermon Generation Joshua the Upgrade is because I've been talking a little bit about the upgrade. And I want you to understand that a part of the upgrade is not just power from the individual. It's power from the united group. Now, Joshua fights Jericho. Joshua and the children of Israel fight Jericho. And the walls come down with agreement from the group. It doesn't come down because Joshua waves a, a rod over the walls. Joshua doesn't take his mantle off and throw it at the wall and the walls come down. What Joshua does is Joshua gets the people to come together, and together there is agreement, and that agreement is so anointed that the walls come down. Just depending on power from an individual is the first iteration of the Spirit. It is the first iteration of success, for success to be maintained, we have to agree. I said we have to agree. We have to come together. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing that's on the head. If you want your marriage to be good, y'all have to agree. If you want your family to be good, you've got to agree. If you have your own company, you've got to get your employees to agree with you. You got to get the board to agree. You got to get your group to agree. If you have teenagers, at some point they got to agree with you. If you're going to have church and church is going to do something wonderful, we have to have agreement. Because when there's no agreement in the church, there is no power in the church. And you ain't been to a fight till you've been to a church fight. And so, beloved, a part of what we are determined to do is agree together. That is the challenge, is to decide to agree. Now, Joshua gets a promise from God that the Lord will show up when it's time to fight the battle and no one will be able to stand against him the rest of the days of his life. 
And that promise of you being victorious and undefeated is locked in time. And a part of the way that that takes place is agreement has to be created. When I look at Joshua 1 through 5, I see a path to making agreement happen. And I want to share that with you, but we are out of time. And so you will have to turn in, tune in next week, same bat time, same bat channel, and I'll talk to you more about how to agree. Can you put your hands together and bless the Lord if you heard a word from the Lord? All right. Let's give. Let's give to the work of the kingdom of God. This is our building fund offering. Now, beloved, what are we doing? We are on our way out of this space. For all of you that are visiting with us, just know these spaces that we're in, they're nice. This is lease space. This is lease space. Pre-COVID, we filled this room up three and four times. And now we got even more folk walking on, watching online that are in the room. But we have capped out our ability to do ministry in this lease space. We have a piece of property around the corner. It really is literally around the corner. It's up the way. It's about three miles away from here, Elder Clark. That's up the way. That's around the way. We got a piece of property around the way. I don't know why everybody's running out the door right now. But we, we have a piece of property around the way that we, are, that we are developing into more than just a church. It's not just a church. It's going to have a sanctuary that's like this. The seat's about 2,500, 3,000 people. It's going to have a sanctuary like that that's state of the art. But really, that sanctuary is going to be encapsulated in this thing that I'm calling Victory Park that has basketball courts on it and sports courts on the outside. There's a counseling center that's going to be there. And the, the counseling is going to be for, for mental health but also for guidance counseling. There's going to be business, economic development, incubator stuff that's going to happen on the property. There's going, it's going to create its own income. It's going to be something that absolutely ministers to the community. It's something that I see as a light in the darkness. It's a place that I see that's never closed. You come here tomorrow, this room, this, this building is not going to be, ain't nobody going to be in this building tomorrow. But in this thing we're about to build, it'll be open all week. Not only will it minister to us in a church way, but it'll minister to the community in a kingdom way. It's going to impact our community. It's not far from here. Right on 70, it is where we're headed. We have shared the vision. We have talked about it. We've asked you to do a couple of things. One of the things we've asked you to do is make a pledge because we're raising $2 million in the next three months. And so we've asked you to make a pledge of $2,000 or $1,000 or $2,000 or $5,000 or $7,000 or $5,000 or $25,000. I've already gotten $25,000 pledges and $10,000 pledges and $7,000 pledges and $2,000 pledges, $5,000 pledges. We need you to make a pledge. That was weak. We need you to make a pledge. We need you to give. We need some of that Beyonce ticket money. And it's not just the ticket, it's the dress you got to buy, it's to get your nails done. Anyway, what I'm saying to you is don't put more in your entertainment than you put in the kingdom. 
Now, we've been saying if you give, if you pledge at least $2,000, you're going to get a brick. There's going to be this glass wall in the lobby that's got up that will have a placard with your name on it. And so your name will go down historically, foundationally, as one of the founding givers of World Overcomers. You can put your name or anybody's name on there you want, but we are challenging you to give above and beyond your tithes and offerings to make a pledge to say, yeah, I can give $1,000 over the next three months every week. That's barely $100. I can get, okay, I can do that. I can make this pledge and I can give $2,000. I can give five. I can pray and talk to God about what sacrificial gift he would want me to give above and beyond my tithes and offerings. And you can't beat God giving, no matter how hard you try. And when you decide to serve the Lord, there's no telling what can happen. Beyond that, you work a muscle that will empower you to sow in other ways. This is an opportunity for us to give to something that's bigger than us. And, beloved, it's one of the ways in which we agree. Now, we get up here, have an awesome service. I can be as anointed as I want. Joshua can be as anointed as he wants to be. Johnny can be as anointed as he wants to be. TK and all, Jaleesa, all the singers up here, we can have all of that anointing is great. But the anointing that destroys the yoke also comes from us coming together in agreement. Amen where we agree and we say, yes, we're going to come together as a church of thousands of people. We're going to come together and we're going to do this thing and build this thing. If we all do it, it don't take much if we all do it. Little is much when we all come together. Amen? So right now what you can do is you can take a picture of this QR code. You can donate towards Victory Park. Not only can you give a one-time gift right now, if you're in the room, you're a first-time visitor with us, I mean, don't feel compelled to give. Those of us who are giving are giving in faith, believing that God is on His way. I don't want you to go home saying, see, I love the church, but then they took up eight offerings. No, they didn't. We only took up two, the regular tithes and offerings, and this one, our actual building fund offering. You can give a one-time gift. You're watching right now online around the world. You can give a one-time gift. You also, you take a picture of that QR code. It'll take you to a place where you can decide to make a pledge. And you can give to his work. If you need an offering envelope, you can simply raise your hand. One of the gatekeepers will come to you and give you one. But really, we're in modern technology. You got your smartphone. Take a picture of that QR code. It'll take you straight to a place where you can make a one-time donation. Or you can decide to make a pledge. What are y'all trying to do, Pastor Andy? Well, we're, we're 20 years old, and we're trying to get an upgrade of the ministry. We're trying to upgrade our space. We want a place where we the parking is ours. We don't want to be competing. We want some curb appeal that we're going to have that on 70. But really, mostly, we want to be able to minister the community in a significant way. We always have, but we want to do it at another level. It's not just going to be about just the church. The vision is not just about the church. The vision is to impact the lives of people that don't go to the church. To me, what's the point of having the love of Christ if you don't share it? 
I'm going to make everybody clap for that. I, I need you to understand my perspective. My apostolic perspective is that I expect the Lord to save North Carolina for the sake of the holy. I'm not just asking God to just save the righteous. That's not power. Power is not to ask God to save the righteous people. That ain't power. Power is that what the righteous do, the righteous cry out, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God said, I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal the whole state. If you're only asking God to heal your little church group and your little safe people, you really don't know God. The whole point of having power is for heathens to feel it. I need, I need a witness in the building. I want your heathen family to be like, something is happening in my life. And you'd be like, yep, I'm praying for your heathen behind. Thank your grandma. Because somebody prayed for you. As a matter of fact, there's a whole lot of you in this room. You are walking on blessings that your great-great-grandmama prayed. Somebody prayed and believed. And so you can make a one-time gift. You can make a pledge. I need you to make a pledge. I need you to give. I need if you just think, oh, yeah, y'all are mega church. Y'all got it. No, we don't. We got to come together, and we have to give and make a pledge. Give to Victory Park. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we have to give. Thank you for everyone that's in the room. Thank you for everyone that's watching around the world. Thank you, Lord God, for a moment to come together and worship you and praise you and honor you and magnify your name. Thank you, Lord God, for all of the babies we dedicated. Lord, it's just a sign unto us that life is still moving forward. And Lord, we're trying to build something for the next generation. Trying to build a work worthy of your name, something bigger than what we're doing now. Because from generation to generation, you are God. And so take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. Every person that's making a pledge right now, God, I pray that you would speak to their heart. And that then, God, you would make something happen supernaturally in their financial situation. So that making the paying the pledge is easy. Miracles. Do a work in us, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. We all sit together. Man, God bless you as you give. We want to thank you for coming to worship with us. Thank you for tuning in around the world. If you can just stay seated, just give these armor bearers just a second just to pass the buckets, and we still pass the buckets almost as a formality. We'll still pass the buckets, and you can give, and you can give with your QR code. You can give through your checking account. The best way for you to set up the pledge is for you to set it and forget it and automate the important. You'll be able to do that. You still have a couple of weeks to register for this premarital marital course. I want you to know it's not Christian. If I didn't say that earlier, I'm saying it now. It's not Christian. There's no Bible reading. Anybody that wants to hear me speak Christian can come right here on a Sunday. I will exegete a passage of scripture for you and holler. But this class is not, it's not a Christian class. It is dealing with marriage. It is dealing with how to be married effectively. It is dealing, it is, it is a course. I have rewritten all of the material. So it's brand new stuff. They just got it. They're printing up the, the booklet. And so that premarital marital class, still not too late. And we're even doing it so you can stream into it. 
And um, so we want you to know about that. You only have a little bit more time to register. And there's all kinds of stuff in your bulletin, things that are happening with us, stuff that's taking place. Hallelujah. All right, jump on your feet. Let's pray together. Lord, we just want to thank you and praise you and honor you for another opportunity that we have to come together. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. Bind us together with unity. Bind us together in agreement. Help us to agree about the vision. Help us to agree about salvation. Help us to agree about prayer. Help us to agree about the kingdom. Thank you, Lord God, for what you said to us today. Thank you for all the visitors that were with us in the room and around the world. And God, we pray that you would move by your spirit over us. Bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people. Give us peace. And let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. You're our rock. You're our redeemer. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming to church. See you next Sunday. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.